Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Billy Munger. And hi, I'm Johnny Herbert. Welcome back to Lift the Lid, the podcast that takes you flat out around the world of Formula One. This week, Johnny, just been the British Grand Prix. He has. We were both there. Firstly, worth saying, what a weekend, eh? You know, great to see so many fans and, you know, what an event they managed to put on. Yeah, and it wasn't just sort of Saturday or Sunday. It actually started on Thursday. I couldn't believe it. I did a little yeah. sort of uh, on stage bit with the Silverstone Trophy, the Royal Automobile club trophy yeah we saw you up yeah. there mate and, and i have to say it was like being at a music concert there must have been about 40 or thousand people there so that was thursday you feel like a rock star i did feel like a little bit of a very small a very small rock star i have to say but yeah brilliant billy absolutely fantastic silverstone once again well done then well done brdc uh, well done to all the fans that turned up and what a race we had as well yeah, what a race! We'll get into that very shortly. So we will. Yeah, first of all, what did you uh, what did you make of Sunday in general? Just give us your overview on you know the race and what you thought of you know the best bits. Well, I think I think the whole the whole weekend was very good. It was great, great in qualifying. The sort of slightly mixed conditions that we had sort of really did spice that one up. It was no surprise. Yeah, it did. Obviously, that Max got that pole. But McLaren, eh? That was so good to came see them. Came out of them. nowhere, didn't they? No, yeah, came out of nowhere. But so good to see them both doing very well. Oscar Piastri as well, which was which was fantastic. And of course, our own Lando Norris as well. And it was a bit disappointed, I suppose, from a Mercedes fan's point of view. Ferrari again in qualifying didn't quite sort of get it together. But it was then really potentially going to be a very good sort of uh, race come Sunday because you never, never know. I was, I was speaking to people. They said, yeah, there's a chance that someone might clip Max and the whole sort of race would turn yeah, itself on Yeah, everyone was going head. through all these scenarios, weren't they, yeah. about how he could potentially not win the Grand Prix, but you but, knew that uh, if it was down to pure pace, he was going to win. He was going to win it. But then, of course, he had that little bit of a, uh, a poor start and, of course, he got, it was a completely different scenario for us. But, of course, raw pace came into play, but Lando did not make it easy at all. I have to say, he placed 
his McLaren so well against Max. Very, very racy from Lando. Really good to see. That's a positive thing for him, for us, for fans, because I think once, you know, he gets a car that can give him a chance of challenging a two-time world champion, and then later in the race, he was actually having a fantastic battle with a seven-time world champion as well, with Lewis Hamilton, just showed that he's got the right mindset, the right abilities from a driver's perspective to actually make it difficult for those uh, experienced drivers. So so I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing that that McLaren, with the direction that they found at Silverstone, is something they can actually work on for the next uh, race is coming away maybe for the rest of the season who knows yeah no it definitely was a you know an interesting Grand Prix and it was quite fascinating to hear before the weekend even started Max Verstappen talking so highly of Lando again yeah. saying if he gets a race winning car he'll win races and okay his car wasn't quite maybe quick enough to win the race but it was quick enough for second and that's where he finished so I think again that underlines the pace he's got but equally for me, as, as much as that underlines how good Lando is, it shows how quick Oscar Piastri yeah. is adapting to the world of F1. Because, you know, rookie season, you've got a teammate in Lando who, you know, everyone is saying, you know, he can win races, he can challenge world champions. And you're in your debut season, it could be quite a daunting prospect that. But a tenth off in qualifying in the race kept him within, you know, a second, second yeah. and a half, the whole Grand Prix just got unlucky with the pit stops didn't he yeah he did again that's you know you we both know that's part of racing but you learn from those sort of difficult experiences but he, he still was able to get the best out of that McLaren and you're on your right Billy because we've seen rookies come into it uh recently who sort of take a little bit of time to get up to speed Nick DeFries is the prime example at the Alpha Tower yeah. who's really struggling still struggling at the present time but Oscar I think there wasn't a lot of expectations on his shoulders coming in, but I have to say, I think he's, I think he surprised a lot of people with the pace that he's had against Lando. I think that's been a very positive for him. I know Mark Webb has been working very, very hard behind the scenes to make sure he's there supporting him. So, so I know he's put his heart and soul into making sure that he's in the right place, and that seems to be paying dividends for, for Oscar, but also for for Mark as well. But more importantly, uh, for McLaren. Yeah, obviously I get the chance to speak to Mark working with on Channel 4 and yeah, he always talks as much as he says, you know, he's super involved in Oscars, you know he wants Oscar to do so well and he's always, you know, when he, we've got breaks from the TV stuff, popping into the garage going to see him, this, that and the other he also just kind of says how on it Oscar is himself I think that's something that you know, I've learned from you know, just being sat around him, Oscar wants this himself he wants to, you know, be there in and amongst with amongst it with Lando, and it, he's like as much as he's a rookie and he's new new to the sport, it could be quite daunting. I think he's just, you know, got the right mindset and approach from listening to Mark. So yeah, it's definitely he's definitely one to watch. And I think now yeah. we saw this weekend, Silverstone's obviously a track that you do a lot in the junior categories as well as in Formula One. So I think that you know gave mm. everyone a fair. Um, fair chance of it in terms of the rookies that they don't have any sort of issues with getting up to speed he's on the track obviously we saw Logan Sargent on Friday practices you know he was up in the top five at one point yeah. you know Alex they referred that he was you know keeping him within check in practice but that obviously didn't end up going to plan for him in qualifying but what did you make of Williams that's a team that yeah. I'd like to you know give a shout out to because come pra all the practice sessions and 
and qualifying well within the top 10 that Alex was. And yeah, absolutely. Those upgrades are, he's in such a sweet spot with that car right now, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's brilliant to see because obviously the history of Williams goes back, you know, a good way you know, back into the seventies, the success they had through the eighties and the nineties. And it's a team that I think the core of what Williams has always been, been about, which is engineering at the end of the day, uh, I think he's still there and it just seems to be getting himself back into a situation where now it can actually challenge for those points for one, but actually it's the improvement that has started to happen as well. I saw Alex Albon's father actually after the race and it was even with, with him, he was sort of saying that how he is maturing just within the, you know, the, the organization and that is just bringing out the best um, of Alex, I've got to say sorry to Minky, his mum. I didn't actually, I didn't go over and have a chat with her, so I'm sorry about that, Minky. But um, I saw Alex after the race, and he said the car's just nice to drive. Whenever I sort of, you know, throw it into a corner a little bit, like when I was karting, I know that I know what I'm going to come out of the exit of the corner with, and that is such a nice feeling to have. Yeah, it moves around, he says, a little bit, as in it's sliding, as we saw yeah. uh, in Austria. So it's spectacular for us to actually see it. But he says it, you can do that and you can be in control of that. And I think that's a, a very positive thing. But that's also where he's, he's getting more confidence just from the environment that he's working in at the present time. And everybody's talking good things about Alex as well on the outside from the media side. So all that positivity is well earned. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, oozing in confidence right now. And his teammate, Logan Sargent, I think he's worth mentioning because, like, even though the qualifying thing goes planned for Logan, he finished a Grand Prix at 11. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. when it came down to the race, he only finished about about five seconds behind Alex across a full race distance and a few places down. Mm, which is impressive. So, I, I think it was a step in the right direction for Logan. He wasn't happy with his qualifying. He didn't get the, mo the most out of the car, car clearly because, you know, he was way out of position compared to Alex. But a good recovery from him on the Sunday... And hopefully that's a bit of a springboard for Logan to start, you know, challenging where possible for some points. Yeah, I hope so. And as we both know and everybody knows, of course, it's that consistency. It's been able to sort of hit your expectations every single session for one, but every Grand Prix. And again, you know, he finishes just outside the, side the points. It would have been a very different story if he would have been further up the grid. And that's where the pressure is on, but the expectations are on. But then it's down to you to actually make sure you get that job done, as I said, at every single Grand Prix. So, yes, a positive, but the, it could be a hell of a lot more positive from this point if that consistency is there. So let's hope that that happens for Logan. It'd be great for Williams as well. But it's, it's going to be a challenge because obviously, you know, uh, his teammate Alex is doing such a good job at the moment. But a, but a good positive for, for Williams all around. You're absolutely right, Billy. Yeah, and I mean, another couple of tracks coming up in the calendar in Budapest, in Adangar, yeah. Ring and Spa that, the rookies, your Logan Sargent, your Oscar Piastri, they've all been to multiple, multiple Indeed. times. You know, again, it continues that trend of going to places where they know what they're going to get with the circuit. And it's all about, you know, just doing the job yourself and, you know, keeping your teammates in check. So that's what they'll all be trying to do um, in the next couple of races as well. Uh, we're going to take a little short break. And then when we come back, we're going to actually talk about the. Th there's other drivers inside the top 10. The Ferraris, for me, are some standouts that need uh, a little chat about. So let's uh, take that break and we'll be back shortly.
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. So I think we mentioned briefly, Johnny about Ferrari and how we thought they'd be quick and quicker and qualifying than they actually ended up being. But also the strategy in the race from Ferrari was, you know, a little bit unfortunate on one side, but questionable on another. So I think we should probably dive into to them. You know, Charles Leclerc ninth, Carlos tenth. Obviously Charles came in and made an early switch onto the the hard tire. And then next thing you know, we've had that whole safety car situation. Um, from Kevin Magnussen, everyone's out in front of him on better tyres and he was kind of P-nowhere, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And again, that was just probably a little bit unfortunate, I suppose, from that point of view. But, um, you know, that does happen every now and again. You've got to be lucky sometimes for, for all that to come into play. You know, as we know, the teams always try and put in their strategy. Maybe a, a, a safety car might sort of happen during the race. But to actually know when that's going to happen is absolutely impossible. And, you know, as we saw in Austria, same thing, you know, we saw the top three go past before um, the safety car was sort of deployed. And then, of course, the pit lane opened for, for other cars and not them. So it, it happens. It's happened historically as well. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the qualifying was obviously the the difficulty for both, both Carlos and, and for Charles. So the pace... It's a bit of a mixed bag, isn't it? I know the temperatures was were slightly sort of varying and the track conditions because of the rain that came, bit of a green track, then it was rubbering up and it was getting better and better throughout that qualifying. Um mm-hmm. no certain cars were able to switch on their tires much, much quicker, for example. Yeah. So there's so many variants that are coming into effect during these qualifying sessions that some benefit from it, some struggle at that little bit more, but then they come alive a little bit more on a Sunday, which I think we saw probably from that Ferrari. Actually, the you know the the rate the raciness of that of that car, I think was was clear to see. We've seen how Charles has been uh, in a racy situation. He was behind his teammate in the latter part of that race, but he actually had a a very good uh race as far as overtaking him and then moving himself up into into a better position it's a track they normally go pretty well, well at as well as engine. yes so historically i think it, is. it was you know that speaking to fred fazil after the race yeah he was a bit disappointed with the whole situation yeah. he thought that they'd been more competitive so and that's no was, surprise you know, that's no surprise yeah. isn't it you know i think the impression i get from that ferrari at the minute is it's just such a small window to get that car in the sweet spot you know, we've seen glimpses of real pace from that car. And 
okay, they were in qualifying, and they didn't quite, you know, make the cut. They didn't find that extra bit of pace, but it was tight in qualifying in terms of the lap times. I mean, Charles Leclerc was a few hundredths off Oscar Piastri. So again, he could have been third on the grid quite comfortably. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things where a few hundredths here and there make a big difference, don't they? Yeah, they do. But isn't, but isn't that good? Isn't that lovely that we can have... That's what we want. That's exactly we what we want. We just want the Red Bulls in Max Verstappen <laughs> in back, with that, yeah, don't we? We've got one of them in the pack. We just need to sort of grab hold of that Dutchman and get him back in the pack. But he's yeah. sort of... He's, he's very much saying, and no way, Jose, at the present time. And and yeah. good on him, to be honest, because he's driving the wheels on for that car, I have to say. Yeah, it's yeah. that car. But the way he's driving it is pretty awesome. But yeah, yeah. Ferrari, it's something, yeah, Fred, like you said, yeah, would be disappointed, and, and rightly so. You know, it's it's something that he's expecting Ferrari to sort of get stronger throughout the season with upgrades that are coming, like we saw with the McLaren, for example. It's so bizarre, isn't it, Johnny, where these teams, they're just bringing up grades and jumping you know three yeah. or four like they, they jump in above three or four teams mclaren you know Ugh. before this weekend they were behind alpine in the constructors championship yeah they scored more points this one weekend than they have scored the entire season so far so their upgrades just boom they just clicked into gear jumped right up into the you know two of them in the top four in on the grand prix on sunday and it's like, now we're all sitting here going, oh, McLaren, you know, they're going to be up the next few races. But it just, it's so hard to predict. You, you think now you go, okay, McLaren have definitely got a good package. We could go to the next track, another couple of teams bring upgrades and they're, you know, back to being the fifth quickest team. So it, it is so hard to get a read on how the results are going to go this season. Yeah, it, it is. But at least they had a good Austria, which is a completely different style of track. And now they've had you know, a, a great result on a super fast track as well. So let's hope that's something that they can move forward. And of course, Hungary is completely different than the last two races that we've been completely at as well. Different. You know, it's a go-kart track. Tight, yeah. twisty, stop and go. It's a total different challenge. It's very hard on the tyres uh, as well. It's very, 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 I'm going to carry on a little bit further, Billy. Very, 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 very hot. In Hungary as well. Very hard. Very hard, exactly. Yeah. Lots of varies. But so so the challenge is completely different. But I think if you have a car that is drivable, that goes back to a little bit like Alex Albon. If you have a drivable, drivable car like that Williams, they seem to have that ability and consistency to actually go to different circuits and actually perform very, very well. So that's a key as well. That's the Red Bull. That's what Max has got. He's got a car that works everywhere that he goes to. He gets the best yeah. out of it every single track. That he does. That's the challenge for the other the other team. Actually, he's been able to make their cars when they work, when they peak. Let's say, like yeah. like we saw in McLaren, or maybe not a peak, but where they've done very very well. It's now making it work at the next tracks that are coming their way, which is a completely different challenge. Once we get that yeah. coming our way, that's when the challenge actually starts to go towards the Red Bull, um, and then when then we've when we've got that. As we discussed, is trying to then drag Max into that pack. I think we're getting closer to that scenario for sure. It's felt like one of the closest Grand Prix. I mean, Lando yeah. is only less than four seconds behind Max at the flag, which you know, considering mm. the margins we've been talking about, you know, at other races, that's a much better, you know, much more competitive race. Like even when Max Verstappen got past Lando in the first few laps of the Grand Prix after you know losing that lead at the start. I was thinking, okay, he's going to sail off into the distance now. But, you know, Lando stayed within a few seconds of him for, you know, a huge chunk of that race, you know. It was, uh, yeah, that 
that for me was, you know, ex- more excited and, you know, made me think in a more positive manner about, you know, what we've got coming up the rest of the season that, okay, maybe the Rebels still got the edge, but it's definitely people were chipping away at them. Yeah. And I think when, when I was, I was very fortunate during the race to have a little quick look around the circuit. I went down to the Maggots, Maggots Beckett's chapel sort of section just to have a look at what was going on there. And the McLaren, I have to say, looked damn good. They all look damn I good, speed. I have to say. It's, if you've never been there to watch, my lord, the speed of those things, when they enter the left, right of Maggots and then the left of Beckett's and then Chapel, the final right-hander, onto sort of the, the hanger straight. It is just unbelievable. The McLaren looked very, very stable through that section. Lewis texture. described it as a rocket ship, didn't he? It, he said, yeah. in the high speed, that is a rocket <laughs> it, ship. It is. It's just insane the speed that they get and this is where these guys get sort of paid you know the big bucks because that is where you have to really really push yourself to the limit the lovely thing we came to a circuit didn't we in austria all these track limits and people taking the mic and everything else you can't do that there you you go over those track limits you go over normally over a curb onto some grass and then there's normally sort of a fairly potentially a big accident coming your way none of them yeah they were around the limit but none of them went anywhere near that that grass i don't think i saw anybody spinning off through that section at all but yeah an awesome awesome piece of racetrack and it's in our back garden which is lovely yeah nice every driver raves about it if they're from the uk or not while we're on the the subject of you know silverstone being in our back garden should we talk about the other local boys the other you know bricks that were on the grid yeah, the, the two Mercs, you know, George Russell, Lewis Hamilton on the podium again at Silverstone. Yeah. He just loves this place, doesn't he? He just finds a way to, you know, deliver in front of his home crowd. Yeah, well, he, again, he just loves, he loves the fans. He always takes on board all the positives that they give out to all the British drivers, to be to be fair. But um, he absorbs it and he normally tries to use it to to his foot advantage you know it was a, it was sort of a mixed bag wasn't it because the qualifying was a little bit sort of same old same old for them uh, as in their yeah. position but of course it was a much better bit fortunate Lewis in many respects in the yeah, race he, he definitely used that um, safety car to his advantage indeed he did but again as we said earlier on that's just sort of how it how it goes sometimes but when that opportunity is there you've got to grab it and once again he was able to grab it and he tried very hard, you know, with that fight with Lando, which is a lovely little tussle that they were both having towards the end of the race. A lot of respect in that yeah, battle, wasn't there? It, there, there you was. could tell that they both have got a lot of respect for one another and they raced hard, but it was fair, which was, for me, good to watch and see. Yeah. Well, the biggest thing I liked about it was that Lewis could not outfox Lando. It would have been quite easy for someone with those seven world titles, as I mentioned before, to outfox him, put him in a position, you're getting towards the end of the race, the pressure's on, but he absorbed the pressure, Lando, and he did a brilliant job. Yes, there was a slight difference, you know, with the, the way the tyres of the formula that, that, that given time, but even so, it doesn't matter. I was going to mention that, yeah. yeah. What did you make of McLaren's strategy in that situation? Do you think it was, obviously, it's, it's easy to look at it now and go, okay, they finished second and fourth. So, yeah, they didn't lose any places. It was the right strategy. But at the time, I was sat there going, why, why are we not putting soft tyres on at McLaren? You know, that they'd done more than half the race. Um, some of the drivers, George Russell was yeah. one that did 30 laps out of the 52 on a soft compound tyre. So it wasn't, you know, that the time wasn't lasting long enough. Um, I think McLaren only had a used set of softs, but equally, you know, that was what george started the race on so you know it was yeah yeah 
But for me, I was just like, you're putting him under a lot of pressure here. Like you mentioned, you know, how much quicker Lewis was behind Lando, on particularly on the restart. Obviously, it leveled out. Yeah. He lapsed into that stint. But I thought maybe a little bit too safe from McLaren. What did you make of it? Yeah, I, th- I think there's an element of that for sure. Because if we if we do that latter part of the race when they sort of finally sort of got got, got racing, you know, Max didn't just sort of disappear. It was just edging away. And it was the same thing, although Lewis was faster. He wasn't much faster. That was the impressive thing, yeah. actually, where where he was on a completely different tyre, but he was able to sort of pretty much lap in a very similar way. Could it have been better? That's the question. That's the question, That's isn't it? That's the yeah. question, yes. Um, I think potentially, I think there is a chance that it could have been. But, of course, we saw Lewis struggling, actually, towards the end of the race. And then even Max was on the radio saying that that was close. My tyres were sort of at the end of their life as well. Yeah. So then you sort of say, well, there is there was a risk factor to that. And maybe if they'd gone on the yeah. soft, maybe Lewis would, would have been over to overtake, overtake uh, yeah. uh, Lando from that point of view. We'll never know. No, but then swapping it the other way very briefly, if they had to soft, maybe they could have attacked um, uh, Max Max as well. Who yeah, knows? Maybe you got to go Maybe, maybe. Yeah. but it worked out perfectly for them so i think it was yes it was probably safe but actually they benefited from it and maybe down the line if that car is consistent they might risk a little bit more which then they might try that risky different tire right so that's a a lot of basically i think we've summed up what's happened at the the grand prix there from the yeah everything that went on the ferrari mercedes mclaren obviously max has happened getting the win I think we should probably mention to a few people if they weren't at Silverstone or didn't know, we were doing a live podcast during the weekend. We went over to the Hamilton Fields campsite. We did. How, what did you make of um, that whole, uh, yeah, that whole situation? You know, that live podcast for me, I thought it was brilliant. I loved, you know, being able to interact with the fans, getting their questions. We had a lot of fun, Johnny, didn't we? We did. It was lovely when we turned up at the at Hamilton Fields and we got out of the car and there was a lot of chanting, wasn't there, going on? A lot of chanting. Billy, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Which was absolutely brilliant. But I paid it, them all a lot of money to do those chants. I, 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 I don't think so. I think they were, they, were, <laughs> they were true fans, that's for sure, Billy. But no, it was brilliant because, as you know, once they all come back from the races, they're very, very relaxed. And it was a it was a great sort of I don't know hour more or less that we were sort of hanging around for and it and it was lovely and I like sort of interacting with them I think they really do uh, appreciate it and uh, it's something yeah. I'm sure we're going to do more of in the future so yeah really good and I think that's Thursday isn't it that'll be that'll be coming out yeah coming out just after this uh, this episode you know later on in the week so yeah. yeah stay tuned for that one like I say it was a, a lot of fun we really enjoyed interacting with everyone that that turned up and and answered all your questions so yeah thanks for everyone that was involved in that and also we've got you know another podcast coming up yes. with a special guest that we can't reveal just yet nope. but that's going to be taking place this weekend at, coming up at Goodwood so you know we've we've got some exciting things coming up for the podcast I'm looking forward to to this stuff yeah yeah I'll give everybody a bit of a clue of who it may be we saw yeah. we saw him at the weekend. We didn't do at Silverstone. <laughs> yeah, that narrows it down. Yeah, it does not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. going to be fun because he's a good guy. Um, he's been around the sport for a long, long time. But I think it'll be a really interesting chat. It will indeed. Looking forward to it. Finally, Johnny, 
predictions? What yeah, were the, can, have you got your piece of paper? No, I haven't. I think I threw it away. I've got the first uh, one right. You got the first one right. I think yeah. that's a that's a given at the minute, mate. Yeah, very. I know. Yeah, but that's always going to be the way. The rest of it, I'm not quite sure. I went for a Red Bull one two with you Lewis. Did. And yeah. So I got Max right. I got Lewis right. Checo was sick instead of yeah. second. I feel like I'm closer than you. Yes, I, I I do I do believe that. I I got it very wrong once once again. But hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. To be fair. I'll let you off because, you know, I might have just edged it, but there's no way either of us thought we were going to be putting the McLaren in our predictions. No, so. not at all. No. Not at all. And I'm so glad that we got that completely wrong. But I don't think anybody would have guessed that was going to happen. I don't think Lando Norris or Oscar Piastri or anyone at McLaren would have guessed that was that was going to be the thing. But that's what's great about modern-day Formula 1. It's very, very unpredictable behind Max. But it's great. It's great to see the mix-up that we've had, you know, so far through this season. They're getting closer. Hopefully, they're going to get closer to that Red Bull. I'm sure they are. And then I think we're going to have a very, very interesting latter part of the year. And who knows? Maybe a really, really cracking start to, to next season. So, there's a lot of a lot of positives with the field getting closer and closer together. There's a lot of positives for the, the racing side of things, Johnny. But yeah. all I'm sat here thinking is these predictions are going to get harder and yes, harder and harder. Because... It feels like every weekend we're chucking a new team that could be on the podium into the mix. So, I, I, if I'm honest, I'm starting to lack a bit of confidence that me and you are going to be able to get one of these predictions right anytime soon. Yep. Well, it's very hard because, you know, we talk about Aston Martin and how, you know, how well they were doing at the beginning of the season. And now they're struggling for the sort of the back end of the points. It's just completely. Yeah, Lonzo in seven. Yeah. yeah, completely swapping around. So it's a, but that's what it should be. That's what we want to see. We want to see the sort of ups and downs of teams and ups and downs of drivers. And at the moment, we're we're seeing that a lot of them were bounced back. Aston Martin, for example, I'm sure they're going to bounce back up at some point when they find the right little upgrade that will change the characteristics of the that car. That's what Aston as a team are waiting for, isn't it? They just waiting for that one upgrade package that it feels like all the other teams have had now. Mercedes have had one. Ferrari, McLaren, they're just waiting for an upgrade to take them back into the mix with Red Bull and yep. up in that podium places, aren't they? They are, but talking of one upgrade, and if, for those of you who went to Silverstone, you probably did see it. For those of you who didn't, obviously, it's the new Aston Martin factory. That is wow. going up at a fantastic rate of knots. I was only there a couple of months ago, and it was only the the, the very beginning part, which is right near the sort of the main entrance going into Silverstone, was really sort of nearly finished and then the actual the wind tunnel which is at the far end there was a crane that was at full height i think it was on thursday or friday um and that's where the wind tunnel is going to be that's that building is more or less up as well so they're really really cracking on with the, the factory build and of course once that comes on stream uh fully that is where i think we're going to see some big big changes coming aston martin's way so that's where some teams have got to be a little bit wary that you know, when that when that place comes old soul, who knows what the Aston Martin car can do actually on the track as well. Yeah, I think that's going to be, you know, a real positive step for them in the right direction, yeah. giving them so a facility so close to Silverstone as well, isn't it? It's a few hundred metres away. So they're based at the home of motorsport um, at Silverstone. Yeah. And it's, it's looking impressive. So they're a team on the up. Um, okay, they might be waiting for a few upgrades, but if that facility isn't going to give you the opportunity to, you know, get the best minds in motorsport working in your favour. I, I don't know 
you know, what you need to build to be a top F1 team. It seems like that's definitely going to be that element taken care of. And now it's down to, you know, just letting the clever people do their work. Yeah, pretty much so. They go, you know, it all started for, you know, for for me, seeing these teams just growing to sort of monsters like we've seen with Red Bull, because when I was at Stuart Grand Prix in Milton Keynes, we, we were on a, just a normal factory industrial estate and we had one little building and that's where the Stuart Grand Prix team uh, started off. Now the whole estate is Red Bulls. They've bought the whole yeah. thing. So they've expanded and expanded and expanded. And that's why you've got this mighty team at the present time, because the facilities that they have have enabled them to get more or less the perfect car when it comes onto the racetrack. That's what everybody else has got to be able to do. They've got to be able to sort of build the right infrastructure that will give them that chance of battling out for those race wins at a course of world championship. You know, we've seen it with Mercedes at the same time, but you can build something and be very, very strong. And it, but it's amazing how quickly you can, your bubble will burst. Yeah. Well, that's everything from the Silverstone Grand Prix weekend. I think so. What a weekend. Yeah. We both had, um, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's a shame we only get to do one a year. It's, it's yes. honestly it's that good of an experience, you know, camping out at the circuit in the BRDC farm, you know, seeing family, friends and everyone. It's a, it's a real event, you know, thanks to all the, the fans that turn up year after year because you guys make it so special for all, everyone involved. And... Yeah, that's it from Silverstone. We'll be back, you know, like I say, towards the end of the week. Our live podcast will be coming out that we did at Silverstone. So if you can check that one out, I think you guys will really enjoy that. I think so. And we'll be back next week with some more Formula One content to to keep you guys entertained. So from me and Johnny, for now, it's goodbye from me. Yeah, goodbye from me as well. Thanks, everyone. Take care. This is a Soapbox London and SBX Studios production. Our executive producers were Rowan Wilkinson and Andy Bell. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.